We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the NBA Front Office Show. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane over on Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA. Special weekend update edition here. We got a few things to go over. I wasn't feeling great yesterday, so we decided we'd make up for it with a weekend show. A uh, lot to get into, but I would be remiss if I let myself forget again to mention our Clips channel, which I've been, I've been meaning to mention on here at the beginning of our shows. We do have our NBA front office clips channel. I'm going to put the link in the description below. You guys can go find some shorter form versions of our content there. So again, if you guys wouldn't mind, do us a favor, go check out the clips channel and don't forget to subscribe. Joining me is Keith Smith. Keith, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. It's uh it's a weekend, so I'm unshaven, I'm sloppy, <laughs> uh, you know, but yeah, it's 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 good, man. We weekend update version of the show. I'm I'm rocking the hat because my hair is getting out of control, <laughs> but I'm still quarantined right now so i can't go get a haircut no, or, or anything so I, but i feel like it just fits with the weekend vibe yeah yeah no it's perfect yeah we, weekend update version of the show is always a little bit sloppy but still same good content that's that's right that's right speaking of which we got to kick things off with you know well look we came into this summer you and i saying that this was going to be the summer of the trade and yeah, there's been some moves, but it sure. also hasn't been quite what we thought. And if we're looking at who's to blame for that situation, well, there's one person in particular who, and their team, who went to great lengths to kind of destroy a lot of the player movement around the NBA, a lot of the trades, almost as though they blew it up by Cannonball. Fire. Fire! <laughs> we had to well, fire the, the Kevin Cannon for our Kevin Durant update oh for gosh. today to kick things off. I, this show's going to a whole new level. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I've been stuck in my house for a week. I had nothing else to do. Um, oh, Kevin Durant update. So unfortunately, the Kevin Durant update is not that there's progress on a trade. In fact, it's the opposite. Ian Begley. Um, of SNY reported that there is pessimism from within the Nets that a Kevin Durant deal gets done. Uh, Keith, uh, how does this change? I mean, is this it? Just Kevin Durant's going to stay with the Nets? We still haven't heard anything from that rumored meeting between Durant and uh, Nets owner Joe Sy. We don't even know whether or not that meeting actually happened. So how are things looking at this moment? 
Yeah, I mean, they're looking like nothing's going to happen, would be my guess today. And, you know, I, I, it's funny, a year ago, I would have continued to hammer. This will get done because you don't want to bring them to training camp. All this mess. And then Ben Simmons' situation happened, and he never get traded until the trade deadline. So I think this one's a little bit different because I don't think Durant's going to hold out. I think he will show up and play. Um, but, yeah, my guess is this is going to go. Where, uh, not to rope Russell Westbrook and the Lakers in, but the little bit of news that came out of, out of that situation I think applies here as well is there's kind of a loose-ish deadline of the opening of camp, right. which will be you know, roughly – a month and a half away, um, roughly in that range. It's a little, little bit more than that, probably closer to like seven weeks. Um, but that's always kind of a loose deadline guideline, if you will, because the thought is, all right, if they're here, we're going to make it work. We'll figure it out. We'll take it at least to December 15th when the free agents can be traded from this off season and, and off we go. Um, but Otherwise, let's keep working up until then to see if we can make something happen. And my guess is there's just nothing going because I don't think anybody's willing to meet the Nets asking price. And they have no reason to drop that asking price. So it's kind of funny. I was doing tier work, kind of putting teams into tiers in each conference. And the Nets, I'm like completely stuck because you almost do it twice, right? Because it's, right. all right, well, there's a version with Durant and Kyrie. And then there's a version without. And, and I don't think he's the kind of guy who – will show up, not play hard, just kind of be there. I think if he's there, he's going to play and do his thing, and then the Nets will probably be a pretty good team. Um, but let's see. But, yeah, right now I, I don't think he's getting traded. It's not going to be a James Harden situation in Houston or if we go further back like a, a Vince Carter in Toronto situation um, where Durant's just kind of going through the motions. And really he should. I mean, look, this, this Nets team, if they stick to things as is, they're really good. Like there's a lot of talent on here. I mean, you picked up – my goodness, picked up TJ Warren, too, in, in free agency. Yeah. They've got some pieces here to make some noise. So it'll be interesting to see how the Nets play this. Outside but as a, of – sorry to interrupt you, no, but outside ahead. of backup five, this team is really deep. They've right. got – my guess at a starting five would be Claxton, Simmons, Durant, Curry, and Irving. Mm -hmm. And then you've got Joe Harris, Patty Mills, Royce O'Neal, TJ Warren, and then probably Daron Sharp. Uh, you got Cam Thomas, Edmund Sumner. Kessler Edwards, who played quite a bit for the team last year. Yeah. So outside of a backup five for Claxton, which maybe you get away with saying, all right, Simmons, you're going to play the five at moments when Claxton's out of the game or those kind of things. And, and just roll with that and just roll kind of more small, versatile, uh, switchy lineups. And, you know, that that's a really – I don't know that I would put it quite on the um, – for me, it's Boston, Milwaukee, and Philly on that top tier. I don't know that I put it quite there because right. of the injury questions and those kind of things. And there's some of the depth stuff is a little odd um, with that, but I'd, I'd have them kind of probably by themselves in the next grouping or, you know, Miami, Toronto, uh, you could put in that group in Chicago if healthy as well. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. They could really make some noise in the East. I mean, we've been saying that for a while about the nets and so you will believe it when we see it, but um, if they're able to keep this thing together and convince Kevin Durant to come back and, and not hold out or anything like that, which a lot of people believe he won't, then the Nets could still be pretty formidable in the Eastern Conference while they still field trade offers. He still has a number of years under contract, so it's not like they're in any hurry necessarily to get it done. Uh, and that's, you know, to flip it, other teams that have been interested in pursuing Durant, at some point they've got to just throw their hands up and say, well, look, Nets, if you're not yeah. going to figure it out, we're, we're done, we're moving on. 
Yeah, absolutely. If you're the Phoenix Suns, I think at this point it's already harder for you with eight not in the mix. But I think you just basically say, all right, we're out. We're we're doing our thing and yep. and we're we're moving forward with, with our team here. Um, there's already been a very heavy pushback to how real the conversations ever actually got with Boston. So I think Boston's probably at this point saying, you know what? We're more focused now on filling out the rest of our roster, setting up these camp battles for roster spots. We're going to move forward with our guys, and we like what we have. Um, and then there haven't been a lot of other teams that we've seen heavily mentioned for Durant. We talked about this way back at the beginning of this. Yes, every the other 29 teams should all make a call, but he's a difficult guy to trade for because you can't give up so much for him in a trade that you're not a really good team because then it defeats the purpose of um, bringing him in. Mm -hmm. But you also have to give up a lot to go get him. So the teams that can give up a lot while still remaining really good teams, those are pretty few and far between. And 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 I purposely left Miami off that list just because we've we've talked this kind of feels like ad nauseum now. It's just really difficult for the Heat to put together a competitive trade package because they're just missing on the assets as far as draft picks and uh, you know a bunch of young talent because they're not going to put guys like Bam Adebayo in the deal and those kind of players. Absolutely. Yeah. So a lot of challenges in terms of actually getting something done for these other teams, and it may just be best for all parties to move on. Uh, speaking of which, Kyrie Irving, uh, Ian Begley also had a little bit of an update on him and uh, it said that after a lot of talk, there doesn't appear to be much there at the moment uh, and that Kyrie feels like he and the Nets are in a pretty good place. You know, I wonder if we've gotten to the point where the Nets have said, you know what? We're not going to do anything unless there's a Durant trade and that's all stalled out. So most likely we're just going to kind of run this thing back. And Kyrie just said, look, I did what I could. I wasn't willing to sacrifice $30 million in order to go get somewhere else. So let's just, you know, these are the, the cards we were dealt and, and we'll figure it out. And then, you know, maybe next summer I'll reevaluate. Yeah. And I think that's smart on the Nets part. If that's where this is, Coming down, they, they don't seem interested in taking on Russell Westbrook right. unless they can shed additional salary. Um, I continue to believe if at any point Westbrook and even a single pick is on the table for Kyrie and Joe Harris, I'd probably do that if I'm the Nets. But I also get it if Durant's going to be there, you probably don't want to bring Westbrook in as any kind of just that's just going to be a the situation you don't want to deal with mm -hmm. um, there, even if the plan is bring them in and then immediate wave Russ and buy them out or whatever the case is. So, yeah. And it doesn't seem like from the Lakers side, as we've talked about, it doesn't seem like they're willing to go to two picks. And I think both of those teams know, Hey, this is something we can pick back up all the way up to the trade deadline. Right. If we need One phone to, call. we can exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it can be, all right, we'll throw in a little more. All right. We'll come down a little bit and, and off we go. But yeah, I, I think this one is uh, one with Kyrie. Yeah, just bring him back. If KD's going to be back too, like we said, run it and see kind of where it goes. And you, we've seen this before with James Harden. Like you said, I don't think they, I don't think it comes in where Harden clearly wasn't in great shape. Really didn't want to be in Houston. But you have seen teams bring these guys in. They work with them. They play a little bit. And then we'll see if we get to you know, Thanksgiving and all of a sudden these guys are being sat and they're not playing as much or something like that. That probably means that a trade is getting pretty close. Right. Right. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, Keith, I can tell you this. After hearing you say uh, a single pick and Russell Westbrook would get this thing done if you were in charge, there is now a, a, a horde of Lakers fans that are pushing for you to assume control of the of the Brooklyn Nets, yeah, right. I believe, because that, I think, would be a dumb, done deal on the Lakers side of things. Their stopping point has been that second first-round pick um, in all these trade discussions that they've had. I At least guess if I'm the Nets, it just, it, especially if I'm going to turn around and trade Durant, now I've cleared yeah. – Cleared the books. Yo, not, yeah. now I'd be left with basically Nick Claxton as long-term money uh, on my books there. And that's, you know, minimal, um, you know, at eight, eight, you know, 8.75 next year, Patty Mills, and then Ben Simmons. And that's, you know, you're, I know it seems a little odd to say like, all right, well, we're going to rebuild this team around Ben Simmons, but that's kind of what you're doing at that point is your only big salary left on the books, everything else under 10 million. So yeah, I mean, that completely clears the decks for you. Now, maybe you – I would push, obviously, for that second first if I could get it out of the Lakers. And and that might be one, too, where if you're the Nets, you're looking at it. Let's say we get a month into the season, you know, where we're just after Thanksgiving. And let's say the Lakers are – they're sitting, you know, 11th, 12th in the West or something. And it's it hasn't gotten off to a good start. And the rush situation is just untenable then maybe the Lakers attitude does change. And, you know, you never know. Maybe LeBron starts sending, you know, some messages of, all right, hey, let's go get Kyrie and get this done. So, yeah, there's just, again, just like with Durant, no reason for the Nets to rush anything right now. There's just, you know, you're kind of, not that they're controlling this, because it's not like they're fighting off offers, but just hang on until you get what you want or, you know, until a real deadline actually forces your hand, which won't come until February. Right, right. Speaking of LeBron, the Lakers and LeBron James have begun extension talks. Now, LeBron could sign a two-year extension uh, that would pay him $90-plus million uh, on this next extension. Uh, if he d- is able to do this, he could do a one-plus-one, one, which is what I've been saying for a while. He'd probably do a one-plus-one one deal in order to hit free agency in 2024, which in theory is when Bronny may be entering the NBA. He's expressed that he would like to play with his son, Bronny, which I don't fault him for at all. That would be uh, an incredible experience to get to share the floor with your son in an NBA game. But uh, these extension talks so far have been, quote, productive, which is a nice way of saying something without really saying anything <laughs> at all. But uh, but so far, no deal done at this point. Uh, what we've heard is LeBron's probably going to wait and see how things look with the roster and then kind of go from there. Now, LeBron has all the way until June 30th to sign this extension. So, again, no real rush here to get this done right at this second. 
Yeah, absolutely. And the reason he has till June 30th, he's on an expiring contract. Expiring contracts can be extended all the way up through the last day of the league year. We saw guys, it was a little odd because extension or rather free agency had already opened. But remember, the negotiation window opens at 6 p.m. on June 30th, 6 p.m. Eastern, that is. But the actual uh League year doesn't change over till till midnight. So we saw guys like Gary Harris, that yeah. young reach extension agreements, uh, Vita Zubac a couple days in advance of that. So LeBron, obviously far better player than those guys, completely different salary stratosphere, but it doesn't change anything for him. The other thing is if anybody's really interested, you can go to spot track in our next contract series. I wrote extensively about LeBron. You'll see the money options for him really don't change because of where he's at as far as being a 10 plus year uh, yeah. player. I mean, he's almost like a double 10 plus year player now, um, but he's, he's so far up there. He's so far above the max salary already that it doesn't change anything for him, whether he extends now, it's just in the summer, if this plays out, his contract expires, he signs a new deal. He can sign a three-year deal right now. He can only add two years because of the over 38 rule. He can only have three years on a contract. So not a whole lot of changes, but I'm with you. It's either going to be in my mind, it's either going to be a true straight one year extension or a one plus one right. uh, with the player option, obviously on LeBron's side. And then guess what? We get to play this game all over again you know, right. a year from now. So we'll, we'll see you know, where all this goes. I, I don't think at this point, reading everything, putting everything together that I've seen and just kind of where he's at. I don't think there's any desire for him to leave the Lakers um, now because why would he, he yeah. you know, seems to be want to be there and all that stuff. But yeah, you're right. He does seem serious about wanting to play with his kid. I did laugh a little though when, when you said, you know, they, they, they phrase it as productive. It would have been really funny if they came out and like, oh, these extension talks were terrible. Yeah. They wanted right. to take the minimum. And they were like, he's, you know, 37 years old. You know, what's the deal here? He needs the minimum or whatever he's going to be. So, yeah. That well, it's like, that would have just made me laugh. Do you remember how, like, I, we didn't see it as much this year, but at, back in the day, like, free agent meetings used to be like a big thing, yeah. right? Where, where, you know, X free agent was going to this city, this city, this city, and he was going to meet with that team. And then there are always reports coming out of that meeting. And the reports for every team in every city ever was it went well. Yeah. That, that was the phrase used to describe. And it was just a way of saying something without actually saying anything about whether yeah. or not that that team has a shot of landing that player or what the player's intentions are or anything like that. And when you have productive extension talks, it's, it's kind of the same thing. You're not really saying much. It doesn't yeah. mean the deal's like imminent or anything like that. I, I would imagine they just said, you know, hey, this is what we can offer. Here's your options. Pick what you want. And LeBron said, well, you know, let, let's see how things come together. And then, you know, and, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, it's the same as talking to anybody at Summer League. They all loved their draft. Yes. Yep. You know, they, 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 that that player was was right there on their board. Yep. You know, Much they, higher on their know, board. Yeah, they were surprised they, that guy fell. Yeah, you know, yep. all that stuff. Yeah, if you pick that, uh, you know, if you pick that pick 39, we had a 39 player board and he was there, you know, and it's and it's like, oh really? Like, come on, like well, what are we yeah. doing? You know, it's come. It, it it's it's just you know these are just things people say. So and every once in a while you can kind of tell it's a little more true. But but you're absolutely right. No no one was gonna come out and be like LeBron's extension talks went terribly. You know, uh, you know Rob Plinka threw threw a bowl of soup at him reenacting the J.R. Smith uh, in Cleveland. <laughs> that was never gonna happen. No. <laughs>
It would have been funny, but but yeah, no. I, mean, I love it, right? I mean, anything at this point in the NBA offseason, we would take. That's right. That's right. Um, <clears throat> Vucevic, Nikola Vucevic is having extension talks with the Chicago Bulls. Any surprise, given that we've heard the Bulls and all these rumors that they were looking to maybe replace Vucevic, looking for more of a rim protector. Now here they are holding extension talks with him? Yeah, a little bit because he didn't really play very well last yeah. year. So that, that one is is a bit of a surprise. You know, only 31.4% from three. Uh, he did shoot 47% overall, so he was a l- little stronger inside as a finisher. Another double-double year, 17.5 points per game. He did have uh, uh, 11 rebounds per game, so remains a very strong rebounder. A little more rim protection than usual, just a bit more. Um it's what was interesting reading these a lot of these reports and then reading some of the stuff out of Chicago is how much the Bulls continue to emphasize he's a big part of what they're building. Where I think it's easy to forget now, he was the second piece they went and got after right. Zach Levine, right? Because they had him before DeRozan, they had him before Lonzo, before some of the guys they, they signed to fill out the bench. Uh, Vooch was the guy they went and traded for because they really liked him. So I just think. What does that mean? Because he is now, let's see, I want to make sure I get this right. He'll He's be, 31. He'll yeah, be 32, 32 in October. Right the year. Yeah. So that starts to get a little bit tough. And you can tell he's he's lost the step yep. um, defensively. And sometimes, sometimes that doesn't matter, right? Because he's a guy who never relied on his athleticism. But sometimes that can be huge because if you're already not super athletic and you lose a step, all of a sudden now you can't get by anybody. You can't close down those lanes. Mm-hmm. You can't even hedge on pick and rolls. And that starts to become a challenge. So I, I'd i be curious to see what they come up with because it's not going to be – I can't imagine anything like what he's made money-wise over the last couple of years. That's why I don't know that we'll see an extension get done here. Yeah, that makes sense. I would be a little bit surprised too, and especially because, you know, like I said, the Bulls have been looking for rim protection and Vucevic doesn't really provide that. Felt like they were looking to move on from him. So yeah. I almost wonder if, if an extension gets done, it would have to be something where the Bulls would feel like it was a trade-friendly contract, sure. something that could be potentially moved, not something where they're going to give him this deal and say, look, this is locking you in here for the remainder of your career. and This is where we want you. No. And it would need to be something where you can still offer value in a trade if something pops up down the road. And I think, too, I think the Bulls, one thing I think they definitely did was they tried to add some depth. So with guys like Andre Drummond, Goran Dragic, uh, re-signing a couple guys that they re-signed, I think their goal was if we have injuries this year, we're not going to – we don't want it to all fall apart on us. But I think adding Drummond, who – right, neither you nor I are the biggest Andre Drummond fans in the world – but he was pretty good for the Nets last year. He played solid. He was good as – uh um uh, gosh, Joel Embiid's backup for most of the year. That was actually a huge hole for Philly as the year went along um, after trading him in that deal where they got James Harden. But I think with Drummond, you have a real case of, well, if we can't get an extension done with Vooch and it feels like he might be leaving, maybe they can trade him get something else elsewhere and then yeah. say, all right, we can slide Drummond in and feel pretty good that we've got, you know, we're going to get 25 minutes of center play and then we'll figure out the rest of it around it um, because Drummond can, can at least still handle that. So, sure. so yeah, they, they're, you know, we'll, we'll see how that comes together, but yeah, it's, um, I was a little surprised to see these extension talks kind of pushed uh, forward like this, but I, I don't know that I expect anything to get done. Yeah. 
Same here. Same here. All right. Um, Jason Tatum addressed trade rumors. You mentioned before the Celtics being connected to Kevin Durant. And so Jason Tatum, of course, is going to get asked about this. And he also got asked about his shoulder. Where it sounded like the time off did him some good. Uh, let's start with the, with the trade discussion, though, Keith. Uh, Jason Tatum seemed to just brush off the the trade talks. Now, not not himself in particular. I mean, he wasn't really uh, – it was Jalen Brown, but he seemed pretty dismissive of any trade uh, rumors or anything like that, which I think is important to the overall chemistry of the team. You don't want that eating away at a team. You don't want them concerned all season long, worrying about trades. So Tatum's ability to just dismiss this and move forward, as well as the rest of the team's ability to do so, it's going to be important heading into next season. Yeah, a couple of things here. This came out of an interview with Justin Quinn of Celtics Wire. Um, he, he had, uh, looks like, a little exclusive time with Tatum, which is pretty cool. Um, and what Tatum basically said was like, hey, that's part of the NBA, right? Trade talks happen. And and he gave a bit, I'm very paraphrasing because he gave a longer answer, but it was, you know, you can't control it. And a lot of times stuff is true. Sometimes it's not true. Then he talked about for him, it's all about controlling what he can control. Uh, within the same interview, he mentioned, you know, how excited he is that the Celtics have Malcolm Brogdon and Danilo Gallinari. Uh, talked all about how, hey, hopefully those guys can help us take uh, the next step and get over to the over the top to winning a title. So, yeah, the trade talk part of it, it having covered him since he came into the league um, and very closely, he is really good about not saying much at all. He is one of these guys who clearly um, grew up learning. Like, you're not going to get anything out of saying a lot right in the media. Like, just yeah. do your work be kind of quiet. And that's what he does. He just kind of goes out there. There's times when it's, you know, like, like, you know how it goes. You're like February, March. It's like the dog days of the season. And it's like, just say something, right? Like, like last year when Boston was playing really well at that point of the year, it was like, can you just talk about like, you're like killing everybody. Cause I remember it, they were winning every game by like, 20 right. Points. You don't want to jinx it. But yeah, but he doesn't say anything. When the team's going bad, it's always, you know, I need to be better. I need to work harder. We'll watch some film. Like him and Jalen Brown are both kind of masters of saying nothing as far as giving other teams or uh, their their uh, bulletin board material or stirring up anything there. They'll talk about non-basketball stuff, more Jalen Brown than, than Jason Tatum. Uh, very, you know, they'll say a lot there and really uh, share some stuff that makes you think. But as far as basketball goes, it's always, you know, we'll work harder. We'll try to be better. We'll watch film. It's, it's the most bland stuff. Um, his shoulder, though, yeah, him mentioning, you know, we saw, you heard it against him the, in the finals. Yeah, and then multiple times in the finals, you know, you'd see him shaking it out and it was clearly bothering him. And he said it feels pretty good now. He just needed some time off. And that he's also been doing the uh, the whole workout session. It was a pretty kind of pretty humorous uh, the earlier or I guess at the end of the week. Um, he was posting uh, pictures on Twitter of mm -hmm. him lifting weights and Grant Williams jumps in and he's like only 75 pound dumbbells. And then he's like, come on, man, that was my warm-up. So uh, clearly those two guys are uh, like, you know, getting into it with each other a little bit there. But, yeah, I mean, all good news, it sounds like, for Jason Tatum. And then if you've seen it, he, he sent his own son's shot um, into about the, you know, next galaxy. His uh, son uh, came up, and one of the jokes that was going around was, well, yeah, he took about 80 steps like Giannis does. So no wonder why <laughs> Tatum blocked him into the next uh, next universe. So, yeah, it was kind of funny.
that's where we're at in the off season where uh, someone blocking a small child is, yeah. is yeah and his kids like four. <laughs> so, yeah look how strong tatum looks on yeah right play. yeah yeah we're, I, will, I mean now i fully expect him to lead the league in blocks yeah right that, that's yeah, totally. as long as he's going against four-year-olds absolutely absolutely yeah. that is very very reasonable to assume all right everybody <laughs> why don't we wrap things up there hopefully jason tatum's shoulder is indeed healthy heading into next season sound sounds like it's moving in that direction so that's great great news uh but we'll wrap things up there quick reminder do go check out our clips channel again i'm gonna put the link in the description below over on the nba front office youtube channel which subscribe to the regular youtube channel too we're getting close to twenty thousand subscribers so help us get there hit that subscribe button and don't forget to follow us over on apple podcast spotify or wherever it is that you listen to podcasts Say yeah. to a couple people have asked, we will get back to doing the uh, off season reviews. Now yes. that I think we're probably not waiting on super lot there. We'll probably hold a couple teams. We think maybe uh, towards the end, but we'll get back to doing those uh, here very soon. Um, we'll, we'll start doing those. We're probably going to um, wait. It will look a little weird to you guys. Um, not to us. We're going to probably record a whole bunch of those and then release them in chunks. Um, just so we can keep you guys content fresh, uh, you know, most days going forward, but then that way too, we're not bogged down and Hey, here's a two hour long show. For That's right. You, you know, we'll, here's we'll the entire Western conference. And yeah, two exactly. what, yeah. yeah. Some people yeah, like which, that stuff. Yeah. I mean, we'll some people it like sometimes bit. it's and quite honestly, sometimes it's what we need to do, but, mm-hmm. but in this case, uh, the, these are uh, nice bite-sized chunks. So we'll, we'll get back to doing those though. Cause I've had a couple people reach out and say, Hey, you guys did a couple of them. Then you ever went, went back. It was cause we maybe foolishly now we're hopeful that we might have a trade or two to, right. <laughs> to work into to those. But now that seems less likely. So yeah, so we'll get moving on those as well. That's right. That's right. So keep an eye out for that. All right, everybody, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Stay safe and see ya.